We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the KCSN Draft Show. He's my favorite player in the draft. This dude right here, he's going to be one of those guys that I stand on the table If for. I could, I would trade up for this guy. This guy has a beat on an early My Guy stand. A very merry draft miss to you. This is the KCSN Draft Show. Thank you for listening to this. Thank you for consuming everything on KC Sports Network. And if you haven't heard, the KCSN Draft Guide, another thing that you can consume, is now available for pre-order. If you go to gum.co slash KCSN22, you will get... It's KCSN22, by the way, if I wasn't clear. You will get six months of a KC Sports Network Substack subscription. You will get the KC Draft Guide when it releases on April 6th for $24.99. Use that promo code or that link, gum.co slash KCSN22. Promise it will be worth it. And uh, we got some draft prospects that we've been working on to talk about here. Maddie Lane, what's up? You know, it's draft season. Uh, we don't have to talk about the Chiefs coaching hires on this show, which is fantastic news for me. So let's just talk draft. Let's distract everybody from the Chiefs bringing back the same staff that's been here for the past 28 years. No, oh, this is going to be a really fun upcoming week on the lab. I cannot wait. Uh, so what we did last week, we did an offensive preview uh, for the NFL Combine. This week, we're going to do a defensive preview for the NFL Combine. Next time you hear this show, the KCSN Draft Show, we're going to be halfway through the Combine. So uh, we're kind of just previewing the defensive side of the football now. Uh, we're kind of been going position by pers- by position, and we're going to start with edge. Um, I do Maddie- just want to say, for anyone that's unaware, the Combine does start on Monday this upcoming week. So, you know, February, I believe, what is it, 28th? Is that, that Monday? February 28th is when it starts. Workout starts. You're going to get offenses, quarterbacks, specialists, and wide receivers, I believe, start working out on the field on Wednesday. Then you're going to get running backs and offensive linemen. It will be Thursday. Friday will be defensive front seven players. Saturday is going to be all the secondary players. So, but you know, that's just the schedule for workouts next week. If you are interested when these guys will be taking the field to see what they're going to do, starts on Wednesday, goes through Saturday. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, this is going to be a fun week. And, you know, like the, the schedule is trying to make it a little bit more prime timey, too, uh, which which can be 
uh it could be fun for consumption i think we're all kind of traditionalists and missing the ways of of the olden draft process but that's okay um maddie we've been doing best performance that we the guy we think we're gonna have the best performance the guy we think that can help themselves the most and the guy that can kind of hurt themselves the most we think uh leading up to the nfl combine so we're gonna start with the edge position i want to know who do you think will have the best performance uh at the nfl combine at among the edges I'm going to go with Sam Williams, uh, defensive end out of Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. I think he's been talking in some interviews that I've heard or seen. He's been talking a big game about, you know, kind of what he can do. He's claimed to have never run a four five in his life in the 40. So at 250 plus pounds, I mean, we'll see. But that kind of confidence, you got to expect him to at least be in the four fives. I think he'll jump really well because he's explosive as all get out. He can really bend and turn the corner. So I would anticipate that some of those agility drills and everything or uh, testing numbers come out really good. So Sam Williams might come out and just really surprise people because I don't think everybody's kind of putting him at that athletic phenom kind of level right now. Oh, I like that one. I, I, I know, and for what it's worth, uh, Sam Williams, some people, I think he was measured over 260 pounds uh, with the Ole Miss, uh, with the Ole Miss information there. So I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with David Ajabo out of Michigan. Uh, another guy, like, I think some people kind of consider him to fall into the potentially the Odafe Owa kind of territory, a guy that maybe kind of ascends the process. Although I think people are quicker onto him. I think, Jason Odafe Oa actually does a lot for Ojaba's draft stock. A little bit of a raw pass rusher with some very obvious athletic traits and some um, density, some length, some explosion. I think he's just going to have an outstanding week and continue to help his ascent. I think he's going to wind up out of Chiefs draft territory, if I'm being honest with you, uh, if he isn't already. Uh, who do you think is going to help themselves the most or can help themselves the most at the edge position, Maddie? So I'm going to cheat on this one. I'm going to the Penn State off-ball slash on-ball edge rusher, Jesse Lucetta. Uh, He played off-ball linebacker up until this past year, and he's kind of switched to the Sam role for a hybrid front for Penn State. But at the Senior Bowl, he was essentially just lumped in there with the rest of the edge guys. And he's got a boxy frame, but he's explosive. He clearly moves well. He's just got a very dense, very boxy frame, has good length, came in at 260 pounds, he has no clue what he's doing as a rusher, but if he can come out and not just test well, but when they start running the figure eight drill with the hoops, they start going through some of those pass rush drills where you see him using the pads and you can see his hand works refined. He can chain some bends together. You know, he doesn't just make one turn, but he can run the full hoop in the figure eight drill. He could really impress and kind of get his name being pushed up that developmental edge rusher board. Cause I think the, the raw athleticism's there. It's just how well does he move on the field for that position? All right. Well, I'm going to go with a guy that we got to talk to at the uh, East West Shrine Bowl. That's Jeffrey Gunter, the edge rusher out of Coastal Carolina. Getting to talk to him a little bit uh, during, you know, some of the draft process. And we kind of asked him a little bit, hey, you know, what do you think you're going to run? Why don't you just listen to his answer and a full interview with Jeffrey Gunter, the edge rusher out of Coastal Carolina right now. Jeffrey Gunner, defensive lineman from Coastal Carolina. Thank you so much, my friend, for spending a little time with us today. Sorry, yes, sir. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah, really excited to talk to you. You know, you're a guy that, you know, you've got good length, density, size for a pass rusher that has some, you know, speed off the edge, some ability. Um, 
is it, is it always kind of come this naturally? Is it something that, you know, through the process in college has really developed your, you know, your, your, your physical abilities, your skill sets? How important is the college process? Or is it always kind of just been natural? I mean, I didn't play defensive end until my senior year of high school. So uh, college has really developed me. Like Coastal really put me through the ringer. And, I mean, around my junior year, I really started coming through my own as a pass rusher, man. And it just took off from there, brother. I'm here now, so I'm ready to just get better and, you know what I'm saying, become like Judon and Crosby and all them boys in the league, one of the best. It's really, it really, it's been fun to watch you. You know, the last couple of years, you really, you know, you've really stood out. And, um, you know, it's it's been cool to see. So, you know, you've, you've played some really good football teams the last couple of years. You guys have had a lot of success the last couple of years over there at Coastal Carolina. Toughest matchup that you've uh, that you've uh, had to go up against uh, on an offensive line. On an offensive line, I think BYU had like three, a couple, a couple picks in the draft. You know what I'm saying? They had a third or fourth round pick at tackle. But um, it was a good competition, man. Whenever I play a good old line, I get excited, bro. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think BYU, the NAP State always is pretty good old lines. But the better the old line, the better I play. You know what I'm saying? All right, so what are teams wanting to see from you during this draft process as you're kind of, you know, rearing up or you're gearing up to, to, to April? So what, what are the things that teams are saying that they really want to see you working on uh, and want, to show, want you to show during the, the NFL draft process? They just want me to show off my power. You know what I'm saying? My main thing is I, I'm a big, powerful guy that can, you know what I'm saying, bend the corner and do things like that. So if I can come in here and show off my power moves, my long arms, things like that, I think I'll do pretty well. What do you think you're going to run in the 40? I don't know, man. I'm not going to unveil any secrets just yet. Y'all got to watch the combine. I'm curious. Believe me, I'm I'm curious because, like, you know, like you're a guy with a lot of density and power and explosiveness. There's a lot of explosiveness through your frame. I'm just fascinated to see, you know, what kind of show you think you're going to put on at the, you know, at at the combine. I'm not going to make you hold up to numbers, but, you know, I am excited. I'll just say this off the top. I'm excited to see uh, what you put out there because, I mean, you do very obviously show some explosiveness out there on tape. I appreciate it, man. I ain't going to give you no numbers or nothing like that, but, (laughs) you know. I'm not trying to butter you up, promise you. No, no, no. It's all good. It's all good. I understand. I understand 100%. But you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm always been a pretty athletic guy. So I, I hope I'll put up some good numbers. But you know what I'm saying? Just tune in to see. All right. So you said you really didn't start pat- as a pass rusher until your senior year of high school. Is that right? So what were you, you know, what was your positional profile kind of before then? Okay. So I have a long journey. So uh, my freshman year in high school, I was like a buck 50, like 5'10, five, 5'9, five, around there. My sophomore year, I grew a little bit. I was like six feet tall, maybe like a buck sixty, and I was playing corner and safety my first two years in high school. My junior year in high school, I had a little bit of growth spread. I was like six two. They moved me to outside backer because they felt like I was a little long. And then my senior year, I woke up one day and I was six five. So, <laughs> so they was like, "Yeah, you can't play corner anymore." <laughs> so uh, they moved me to DN, and uh, my recruitment took off a little bit, and I ended up here. So yeah. Okay, so did you have any you have any teams that you kind of followed growing up, or any teams that you follow right now? Uh, like I said, I was a huge Giants fan. Like Eli Manning was my guy, um, so I, I was a big Giants fan. Um, of course, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, but I was a huge Giants fan growing up. Yes, sir. Okay, so let's just say, come draft day, you get you get a call. It's an eight with six number. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. What would it be like to be drafted by the Chiefs? Oh, I get to pay Patrick Mahomes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm with it. I'm with it. Bro, if I get drafted by the Chiefs, bro, that's like a dream come true. First off, let me just say, getting drafted anywhere is a dream come true. But with somebody as great as Patrick Mahomes, he's going to allow me to go get sacks. 
Yeah, I'm with that. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, you know, these guys get to pin their ears back a little bit here in Kansas City because there's a lot of situations where the Chiefs are up a little bit. So there's that's definitely that. Um, what's this draft process when it when it finally comes to an end in April? What's it going to mean to you, your family? What are the emotions that you're going to be feeling whenever your name is finally called? Um, I was a I was always a big dotted kid. So like uh, coming out of high school, I had one D1 offer. You know, so just being to be able to make it through and get to the NFL and prove everybody that doubted me wrong, well, that's a big thing, man. And it's a dream come true. It's a blessing. But I'm not going to count my count my eggs before they get into the basket. You know what I'm saying? I got to work and get to the draft. But I can't wait till I hear my name called, brother. It's going to be the best moment of my life. Thanks to Jeff Gunter for uh, giving us some time. He was one of the he was one of my favorite interviews just because. It, he he was really kind of shy at first, you know, and then we, I asked him if he wanted to come interview and he just kind of he took his hoodie off and just was beaming and just a joy to joy to talk to you. One of my favorite guys uh, getting to talk to uh, at the East West Shrine Bowl. A lot of fun. Um, OK, who do you think hurts themselves, Maddie? Uh, at Would the you edge want to go first? I'll let you go first on this one. OK, I think it's George Karloftis. That's the, that's uh, why I let you go first, because that's who I had queued up too. Uh, okay, yeah, that's who I had. I, that's who I have out of Purdue. You know, the the hype for George Karloftis, the the Purdue defensive lineman, is very real. I mean, and I, I I'm not trying to diminish his strengths and his abilities because I think he's a a long, dense uh, edge player. I'm very curious to see what his athletic testing winds up actually looking like. I think there's more stiffness through his frame than people want to give or, or, or want to admit. And, uh, you know, his ability to turn a corner is a little bit in a question. I'm curious to see some of these agility drills and some of his change of direction ability and some of the fluidity through his flame frame. Uh, and honestly, just how explosive he is. So those are some of the things that I look at. I'm kind of just curious uh, if, if, if that's going to uh, play out for him. And, and I agree with all that. And I'd add on, I think he's going to have pretty short arms. And But I'm pretty short, Ooh. I mean, like, really short arms. Like, I think we're we're in the 32-inch watch for sure. So. Ooh. Yeah, and low end of 30s is my guess. Just he looks like he plays with short arms. So yeah, he's one that's not not super high up there. And I, I, the crazy part with him is I think a lot of people are anticipating him at blowing up the combine. And I just don't see it. Like, I think he'll have good straight line explosive numbers for his size. But anytime he has to move, you account for the arm length. I just don't think it'll go super well. Um, another guy that I'm interested to see, but I think could hurt himself, Drake Jackson, uh, defensive end out of USC. He's kind of a guy that, he has the physical traits that you want when you watch him, but he's never put it all together. And I'm afraid for a six foot four, 250 pound guy, he's just not going to stand out athletically or when they go through the drills in any way. So you think he's just going to have a whole hum performance. And he's a guy that if you're going to draft his tape, you need the athletic profile to be great. And I just don't think it's going to be there. So if he doesn't test great coming out of this, he could really see his name get pushed down near day three when he was a consensus you know first round guy starting the college season all right let's move on to defensive tackle maddie who do you think is gonna have the best performance oh uh i'm gonna go with perion winfrey i'm gonna take perion winfrey out of oklahoma i think he was put into an offensive system or a defensive system that wasn't best for what he was able to do so i think his athleticism gets lost a little bit there but i think he's gonna have some crazy you know explosive numbers he's gonna run a fast 40 like i think just his overall performance at 300 pounds is gonna is gonna really open some eyes and that's gonna send people back to the tape to try to figure out why he wasn't more productive uh, give me Jordan Davis, the low hanging fruit there. Cause this massive human watching this guy move is just different. 
And I think you're going to see how different it is when you stack them up against guys that weigh 30 less pounds. I mean, Jordan Davis, the interior defensive lineman out of Georgia. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what, you know, what his draft stock ultimately winds up and where he winds up, if he's even available when the Chiefs are picking, because, you know, there, I think there's some people that I, I think people, everyone considers him a first rounder for sure, Maddie, I think. But I, yeah. it's just fascinating the valuation, how early he winds up going is what I'm more curious about. But I think, you know, if he goes out to the combine and, and shows, you know, movement skills when he's, at, you know, 20, 30 pounds bigger than a lot of these interior defensive linemen, I think it could be really impressive. Um, who do you think helps themselves the most, though, Matt? I'm going to let you take this one first as well. Well, I'm, I'm pretty boring. I actually think it's Perry on Winfrey. Like, I think okay. we kind of have very similar reasonings yeah. behind this. But my my guy that I thought was going to, I think, is going to wind up helping himself and maybe surprising some people and really continuing uh, to, to have a strong pre-draft process. I think Perry on Winfrey, for all the reasons that you kind of said, do you have somebody you think is going to kind of surprise and help themselves? Yeah. So this is, and I was going to share a little bit of an insight. So currently right now I'm grading some interior defensive linemen for the Casey draft guide. And I have six guys that are all graded within two points of one another. And they're all run stuffing nose tackle types. That's all they are. I have what my perceived like valuation is of those guys is very locked in. I'm ready for one of these guys to separate from one another. So like, I'm not going to read every name. Everyone knows we're fans of Marquand McCall. So I'm hoping he can go out there and impress and really separate himself from this group. A uh, guy that I think actually really might is Otito Ogbania at UCLA. I think he has made Bruce Feldman's freaks list before. So he's out of this group of guys that I kind of see as run stuff and nose tackles. He's the one I would most anticipate having a great combine performance. But I just, I want someone to showcase the athleticism to be a pass rusher out of this group. So I don't have six guys literally graded right on top of each other because of a similar skill set uh travis jones might help himself too he's another guy that could continue his ascent so like that's a, that's another one uh, if you just a quick hitter there i don't know if, if travis jones fit into that uh discussion you're kind of looking at there. he's same similar type but he's graded a lot higher because i think he's better and he's already shown more as a pass rusher than any of these guys i'm talking about i think like i think he's sig like noticeably better similar like mm -hmm. they're the the discount version of a travis jones but i agree i think he'll impress people with his athleticism uh at the combine too all right, Maddie, who do you think could hurt themselves at defensive tackle? DeMarvin Leal. Um, and it's Ooh. because I don't know what he's going to weigh. Is he going to come in and weigh 275 and try to work out as an edge? Is he going to put on a little bit of weight and try to come in at 305 and just be, you know, and still hope he has the same athleticism to be a defensive tackle? Is he going to stay smack in the middle like he's played and leave somebody with no idea what to do with him? I don't know what he's going to weigh. So like he starts out when he weighs in starting his kind of combine performance. And then when he tests, it all depends. Did he lose enough weight to where he looks athletic enough for defensive end? Did he gain too much weight where he doesn't look like a super athletic defensive tackle? I think he's in a tough spot and I haven't, wasn't overly impressed with this film. He screams tweener to me. And I think the combine is where he really needs to separate himself from like that moniker. How about, uh, I'll go with, I'll go with Matthew Butler. Um, I think he's kind of in a kind of that mid tier range of interior defensive linemen. And, you know, I think when we were watching him at the Shrine Bowl, uh, you know, I don't want to say his performance got worse. It's just, I think look, you didn't see him stand out consistently week or, you know, play over play game or day over day when we were out there at the Shrine Bowl. And, you know, you wonder, okay, are the athletic tools all that we think that they are? Or, or is he winning quick? You know, what, how is he winning quick? And is it with his pure athleticism? We'll see, you know, we'll see what kind of tests, you know, what kind of testing numbers he actually winds up putting out because that could be an indicator of, 
you know, some of the trajectory there for him. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, all right, linebacker. Let's see here, Maddie. What do you or who do you think is going to have the best performance at the linebacker position? I have a lot of guys as one of the positions that I've graded. So like, I feel very good about a lot of different guys here. Um, I'll do Troy Anderson out of Montana state. Uh, he's not going to be asked to think and not that he can't do that right now, but that's clearly his biggest shortcoming as a linebacker is the processing of the game. Cause he played running back quarterback and then finally switched to linebacker, but just having him go out there and run and turn and jump, he's going to look absolutely phenomenal and he's going to do it at 245 plus pounds i think trey anderson's a pretty easy lock for one of the best linebacker performances you're going to see uh next week i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with darian beavers he's gonna be one of the biggest linebackers there during this uh during this process and i think he covers better than most guys that weigh what he weighs in the 250s uh should i think there's you know there's a versatility to his skill set um and I think, you know, I think he's going to test well, perform well at his weight. And uh, I think that's going to go a long way in uh, in helping his draft, draft stock. All right. So who helps themselves the most at linebacker, Matthew? So I'm glad that you chose Beavers because he is one of the big linebackers in this class. The other big linebacker in this class, Leo Chanel out of Wisconsin. Big My Guy fan. He... Apparently Ooh. he's reportedly he is gonna he's gonna come close to breaking the bench press record for uh for linebackers. Like he, they the report is he can get over 40 pretty consistently. Uh, he's strong as an ox. This dude looks like a superhero. Thing is, I think he's more athletic than he gets credit for because he's a 260-pound true off-ball linebacker, and he's a little bit stiff. I will say that for sure, but I think he's explosive. So I think he's gonna come out there and he's gonna look like a freak, and then I think he's gonna post some better numbers than people are gonna expect out of a 260-pound guy. And if he does that, I mean, be, and especially in those drills, if he looks semi-fluid backpedaling or turning, like the the sky's the limit for his draft stock. Uh, you know, I, I think I'll go with Damone Clark. I think Damone Clark can really help himself this week. Um, he's another guy, long, big. Um, I think he moves well for a guy his size. And, you know, I think that kind of profile can really go a long way 
uh, if, if you go out and have a good performance during the, uh, you know, during the, the combine, I think, you know, the drills will be really important for him and getting to see some fluidity through, through his fl- frame uh, could be really helpful in his draft stock as well. Uh, hurt themselves. Who do you think hurts themselves at linebacker uh, this, this week? Okay. So from where I currently think he should be, I, this isn't a hurting himself, but I've heard a lot of people start to throw Channing Tindall, the third linebacker mm-hmm. from Georgia up into the top 50 into the first round. And some people really like him. I don't see it with him. And I especially see a very stiff linebacker that I don't think has great speed. And I've heard some people talk up his athleticism. Maybe I'm completely off on this and I'll have to go back, you know, and watch some more after the combine. But if he tests, like I think I do, like you can get his production, his rawness. And then with average athleticism completely out of that top 50 talks, I just think he's a guy that coming out of this, you're going to start hearing the buzz of Channing Tindall's name slow way down. I think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like Channing Tindall has straight line speed, but just like if he has to turn or change directions, like that's what I see. Like I see some really nice downhill moments where he's closed and quick, but it's just everything around that kind of seems to be the struggle. Are you, are you in that boat or do you, do you see it a little differently? Um, I think he's got a decent little burst. So like if he came out and had a good vertical or a good broad jump and a decent 10, I would not be shocked. But I don't think I'm watching Quay Walker, watching Nicobe Dean, watching Nolan Smith. I don't think he has more range than any of those guys. I don't think he's tracking anybody all the way down to the sideline faster than them. And then he just his build, and maybe it's a poor shoulder pad choice, but his build, he looks really <laughs> top heavy. Like he looks like his shoulders are up in his ears and he kind of runs that way too. So it's just I just don't see a super athlete with him. Like I said, there might be decent explosive numbers. I just don't think the 40 time and the change of direction and the drill stuff is going to look particularly good. He's got the neck roll, right? Uh, I don't even know if he has a neck roll or just his shoulder pads are so Look, huge. He's got a neck roll. He, he probably dude, Channing does. Tindall definitely has a neck roll. Yeah. That's I know, the I'm problem. Sure. That's, it's not just a neck roll, though, because I like a neck roll. I don't like it when you have like the 1990 shoulder pads and you play a position that has to move. That's my issue. And even just watching, like, he's not, like, thick or big or anything. It's just his it, his upper body dwarfs his lower body. It's like he's got just, I don't know, it just doesn't look right. Okay, I've got a, I got a question for you because my linebacker. There's, like, there's a lot of people, there's buzz that, like, Nicobe Dean's going to measure poorly. Uh-huh. Like, does it does he if he if he weighs I, well first off I'm just fascinated what he comes in and weighs at okay just what he chooses to weigh at and how that affects his ability to test or if he even tests at all does he show up does he weigh was he five eleven is he two hundred and you know twenty nine pounds and then just doesn't test like I'm fascinated just by by the narrative drawn from just like literally purely him met like weighing in. Because, like, I think there's been some people talking about whether or not he's a smaller back or how much he's going to be able to maintain weight or what he's going to play out and if that even matters. I'm just, I'm very interested by that. And, like, I'm just curious if the narrative around that hurts him when it's all said and done. All right, cornerback. Who's going to have the best performance at cornerback? Oh, God. There, again, there's uh, a ridiculous amount of guys. Um, I'm going to stick to my guns here, and I could look really bad on this one, but I'm going to go with Andrew Booth Jr. Um, 
I, I feel really torn. I don't think he ever looks like he's panicking about deep speed. He looks like he can carry anybody vertically. You don't see him beat deep, but nobody talks about him as one of the fastest guys. So maybe this is like a 4-4 four, four flat kind of 40 guy, which isn't blazing, but it's fast. But then you pair that with some good jumps. You pair that with fantastic work in the drills and the agility testing. I just think when you combine the whole thing, I think Andrew Wood Jr. is one of those guys that, again, you're removing the instincts of football right now. He's just going to move differently than everybody else out there. I think a guy with similar measurables that's going to move similarly to him is Kyler Gordon out of Washington. Um, I think he's a guy, long, lengthy, um, athletic movement skills, fluidity through his frame, explosive. I can't wait to see what this guy tests at, what what this guy runs. I think he could wind up being um, one of the better testers at the position. Uh, He's a guy that I mocked in round one to the Chiefs in the KCSN uh sub stack mock earlier this week i'm going with kyler gordon for the best performance who do you think helps themselves the most at cornerback maddie this one is rough okay i'm gonna go with jack jones cornerback out of arizona state and the reason that we're going with jack jones is because he didn't get to participate much at the shrine so not a lot of people got to see him down there. Now you're going to go see him. Everyone's going to see him run in person. I think you're going to be very impressed with how, again, how he moves, how he looks out there on the field. But more importantly, he's going to get a chance to sit down with everybody, answer the questions about his past, answer questions you know, about Arizona State staying there and what happened with USC. So he's just going to get to talk to everybody. He's going to go out there. I think he will perform very well in all the drills and just getting his name. You know, This is a former super highly recruited cornerback that went to USC. Everyone's going to see that name again. And I think you're start to see the hype rebuild after you leave uh, Indianapolis. Give me uh give me another shrine bowler. Let's go Kalen Barnes out of Baylor. This is a little bit of a deep dive, but he was a track star coming out of high school. And I am fascinated to see if he is going to test through the roof. And honestly if he does, like I think if he puts on a show and really shows that he's maintained a lot of that long speed and that ability, I wonder what it does for his draft stock because you know, he's kind of in that, I would say he's in the day three argument, but if he's able to, you know, if he's able to test through the roof, like some people are anticipating, I think that'll help be the tiebreaker for some of these guys, maybe some cluster busters for some people on day three of the draft. So uh, give me Kalen Barnes out of You have to emphasize star too, because when we say like, when we say a football player was, you know, a track star, you could win state one year with a 10.5 hundred meter yard dash. This guy ran a 10.04. Like he's right there. He could go compete for Olympic trials with, yeah, he could compete for Olympic trials or, you know, to like, yeah, try to get there with his speed in the hundred meter coming out of high school, like legitimate track star, not track football fast, but track star. All right. Who hurts themselves at cornerback, Maddie? Uh, Martin Emerson, cornerback out of Mississippi state. I think a couple years ago, Craig Stout and I were big fans of Cameron Dantzler. We watched him. We said, hey, this guy's good. We like how physically is, you know, he's playing in a lot of zone, but he's never beaten over the top. He's never beaten vertically. I think he's fast. He ran one of the worst 40 times you're ever going to see as a cornerback. Uh, Martin Emerson looks slower, looks a lot slower on film. Like same system, same thing, big zone corner. He's bigger, he's more physical, but he just looked, he gets beat routinely deep. I don't think he has any speed or really any burst. I think this is a terrible situation for him where he excels as just literally beating people up at the line of scrimmage when you just have him go run around in shorts for 45 minutes or whatever it's going to be. I don't think it's going to look great. Uh, Let's go... Hmm. This is a tricky one. Uh, 
Let's go. We've. I mean, we, we know Roger McCreary's arms are short. <laughs> I am curious. I'm curious how Roger McCreary's how he tests. Like if he if he bombs or if he really doesn't help himself as an athletic test. Like I think that could really hurt his draft stock just because there are already some red flags with some of his length measurables. So, you know, if if Roger McCree doesn't go in and perform well athletically, like I think there's just more red flags you're going to add to to his draft stock that, you know, just uh, just continue to add to the red flags with the arm length issues there. All right, one more position we got here. We got the safety position. Who's helping or who's going to have the best performance at safety, Maddie? I think there's a low-hanging fruit and I'll leave that for you. Um, <laughs> I'm not taking it. I'm taking Jaquan Brisker out of Penn yeah. State. Because number one, Penn State guys always test the best. It's it's cemented in stone. Penn State guys are going to test better than you think. And I already thought Jaquan Brisker was going to be a surprising good athlete. You give him the Penn State bump, he's going to do it at 210 pounds. I've heard some of the numbers that he reportedly hits. Whoa, buddy. So uh, I think Jaquan Brisker, I really do think every Okay, you're not taking Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton, everyone's expecting to be one of the freakiest guys in there. I think Jaquan Brisker out out uh, tests him and just about across the board, everything but size. Like that's how good of an athlete I think Brisker's about to test. All right, so <laughs> I would say like Kyle Hamilton Hamilton can only hurt himself at the combine. I don't think he runs. He shouldn't do anything. I, just show up and talk. Exactly. I don't think he does anything, and I don't think he has to do anything. Honestly, why would I, you? I, yeah, exactly. Um, I think. I don't know if I really have one who I think is going to have the best performance. I have one who I think is going to help themselves. So do you have any other buddy else that you think is just going to blow it up at the safety position, Matty? Nick Cross out of Maryland is going to put together one of the freakiest um, workouts. I think that people are going to see too. Like he's going to be right up there with Hamilton and Brisker. Again, we're talking Woo! like another certified track star, not football fast, but track star Nick Cross out of Maryland you know, on the football field, there's some ups and downs with where, where he's at mentally, but you just let him go out there and run, hit stuff, jump, things like that. Yeah, Nick Cross is going to be a big riser, I think, after this because most people don't know who he is right now. All right, I'm looking – I'm going to say a guy that helps himself. I'm really looking at Jalen Petrie out of Baylor because, like, again, like I like to see guys continuing to stack through the process and have, you know, really strong performances. And I think he did a lot of really good things um, at the, you know, at the Senior Bowl. Um I don't know if he is, I don't think he's going to test through the roof necessarily, but if he puts up, you know, very strong performance, like I don't think he's going to be top of the, I don't think he's going to be a top tester for the position, but if he goes out and shows a, a quality athletic profile and you put that on top of what he's put on tape recently, I think that's going to go a long way in continuing to help him uh, cement his, his draft stock in the top 75, top 50. All right. That's an interesting one. Um, I don't know. <laughs> If I got like who is gonna help themselves the most? I think using Nick Cross when I did that kind of took away my okay. Here we go. I got another guy. I'm just looking through lists right now. Brian Cook out of Cincinnati. I think his film is a lot better than people give it credit for right now. That Cincinnati defense is loaded. You have guys in the front level, the second level, two corners. You had two safeties come out of there last year. Well, here you get a guy that transfers in, and he's one of the best open field tacklers in this past season, and I think that's going to show up when he gets out there and starts to run. I don't know if he's going to put up freaky numbers, but I think he's going to come out and test like a plus athlete, and that's going to make people want to go back and watch him and see what he did, who he is, and everything like that. And I think once you get pushed back to the film based on the athletic performance, you're going to think a little bit higher of him like at that point in time. 
All right. One more. I just want to know who you think can hurt themselves at the safety position, Matthew. Jalen Petrie was my guy to hurt himself. And I, that's why it's, I thought it was interesting. It's just whether or not you're optimistic or not. <laughs> right. Well, because this is the direction that I'm going with it. He's an ex linebacker. So he came to Baylor as a linebacker. And yeah, he's, you know, he'd be a super athletic linebacker. But then he switches to safety, but somehow is only still only 190 some pounds. So he's an undersized safety that at once upon a time was considered a linebacker. Like, I'm worried about the size athleticism combination. I don't know if he necessarily has the most burst. I don't know if he's Daxton Hill fluid through the hips. I think that he might just kind of be this weird, not super athletic guy that's a great football player, but you're going to leave the combine with a little bit of a sour taste in your mouth, especially for a guy that spent so much time playing in that overhang nickel position. You're like, I don't trust that profile and man coverage. What do I do with him now? Because now it becomes a lot more of a projection. Yeah, I mean, this is... I, I think I, I feel good about what I've seen from him recent to say, okay, I think this is going to be good for him. You're kind of on the pessimist side of this. So I think he's a great player. It's just, I, I don't think, think, yeah, I just don't think the athleticism is quite there. Yeah, I think that's, that's just where I fell with it. If he, I'm saying that's, I think that's kind of the point. Whether or not you think he's a good athlete or not is probably the indicator of whether or not you think he helps himself or he hurts himself. Because I think if he shows a decent athletic profile, he's not going to test, like I said, he's not going to test through the roof or anything like that. But if he shows, enough functional athleticism. I think that goes a long way in helping him, um, you know, helping him, you know, in his draft stock, but it's the same thing. You think he can hurt himself. So we'll find like that, that, but that is honestly probably the line. Like that is probably the line we're talking about here is this is a big opportunity for him to show himself and he can either fall flat on his face or he could kind of, you know, raise his profile a little bit here. All right. We got, uh, we got, one more, I think. Who can? Did, did you say hurt himself? I got, I got somebody right. Okay, so I think Lewis Seen could hurt himself. I love watching Lewis Seen fill the alley. I love him getting downhill. I love him chasing. I'm a little bit more nervous about if he, um, you know, if he's gonna have the change of direction and hip fluidity. You know, that's those are some of the things I'm very curious about. I know he's been able to cover in the slot at times. I'm kind of fascinated to see um, if he's able. Uh, you know, to kind of move, you know, outside of a straight line. And that's something I'm going to be very interested to watch. Uh, I'm that is... rapid fire. Um, no, no, I'm rapid firing three names at you. I want stock up or stock down after the combine. Okay. Okay. Mario Goodrich, cornerback from Clemson. Uh, stock down. Okay. Jermaine, Jermaine Johnson, edge out of Florida State. Stock up. Okay. And then the final one is where do you go? Devin Lloyd, linebacker out of Utah. Stock down. That's it. That those are those. That's where I'm sitting at. Uh, for several, I we, I wish we had time to get into. It. That is going to do it for the KCSN draft show. Thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate everyone for uh, for doing you know consuming what we're doing here at KCSN. We really appreciate you. That's another episode talking some draft. We'll have more draft throughout draft season. Check out the KCSN draft guide you haven't already. We'll catch you later.